Welcome to Vertiguise. This is our test episode in which we're going to be discussing Hellblazer number 42. I'm Eric. I'm Sean. Okay, so Hellblazer number 42. This is the second issue of Garth Ennis' first story arc on Hellblazer, uh, Dangerous Habits, which I did not realize until I read this story how much it's the basis for the Keanu Reeves movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, have you have you seen that movie? So, the loose plot of the movie, as I remember, is that Constantine uh, tried to kill himself when he was a kid because of, the, because of the visions of demons that he was having. And so, he's trying to find a way out of going to hell for having done that in the film. Is that right? That sounds right from what I remember. But, maybe this is a spoiler because you haven't read the rest of the story arc, but the way that the movie resolves and the way that this storyline resolves are pretty similar. Oh, okay. So as what happens in the, um, what happens in the film with Peter Stormare as, uh, as Lucifer. Yeah. So let's go through and, and, and recap this, this issue, uh, a little bit, I guess. So this issue is, uh, this is Hellblazer 42, a drop of the hard stuff. Yes. Um, um, this is written by Garth Ennis and penciled by Will Simpson, who had just taken over starting with 41, I think. Oh, is Will Simpson new as well as Garth Ennis? Yeah, that's right. He started with Garth Ennis. I was just reading the Delano stuff in the same book. The art style has changed pretty substantially because Simpson's style is a lot clearer, a lot more sort of standard comic art than uh, the preceding guy. Okay. And is this cover by by Dave McKeon? Okay, I just checked this. The cover artist for this issue is Tom Canty. So it's a memorable cover with, with Constantine's face over the lighthouse. Did you notice that it says special thanks to Steve and Marie Dillon? I did notice that. I wondered if you had any uh, better idea than I did why that was on that particular issue. I, I do not. So before we jump into the recap, let's talk real quick about what happened in Hellblazer number 41, which you read uh, more recently than I did, but I seem to remember being a very impressive issue. Yeah, so 41 is the first, is Garth Ennis' first issue, and it's Constantine learns that he's dying of lung cancer after decades of chain smoking. Right. And he has this great monologue about it in the opening pages, as I recall. Mm-hmm. So what else happens? He goes to the doctor, and uh, the doctor is very sort of cursory and uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, Constantine doesn't really want to keep talking about it more because the doctor is uncomfortable than he is, seems like. Right. Yeah, so I thought that was a cool issue. Did anything else happen after the doctor? Um, nothing terribly special. He just basically decides, well, okay, so Constantine has a dream that he's uh, that he's pulled into the afterlife and he meets the ghosts of all the people that he's gotten killed and has to spend an eternity with them. So he has that nightmare. And between that and, and just general, like, cynicism and, and misanthropy, he decides to use his magic and trickery to avoid dying. Oh, okay. So that's a decision he makes in issue one of the story arc. I did not remember that happening right there. It's been a few weeks now since I've read this, since I've read any of these issues other than number 42. So issue 42 picks up. Uh, Constantine is on the, is on the ferry. And he's not feeling very well. And 
they just do a great job of conveying this sort of like sick feeling just from the very first panel of this sort of sickly colored glass of beer, you know. Oh yeah. That disgusting green lager that he ordered. Yeah. This not look appetizing at all. Yeah, and uh and this uh smarmy asshole uh, <laughs> sits, sits down across from him with a with a plate of like English breakfast. And and has just the best smarmy face you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this trucker asks if he can sit down, and he's got a plate of uh, egg sausages and tomatoes swimming in grease. And, and John is already yeah. seasick. So he, jumps yeah. up and, he jumps up and loses his breakfast over the side. Yeah, and that was one of the quotes that I wrote down, is when he's like, bastard. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he, go, he runs and pukes. Yeah. So I really like the panel. It's about a page later where he's getting off the ferry. And in the background, we can see that this the same guy, this trucker, is complaining that his tires have, have gone flat, so he can't get his truck off the ferry. And uh, and John is thinking to himself, petty revenge. There's nothing like it. <laughs> yeah, and, and Constantine has this uh, has this great face. So he's riding on this ferry, and he's and he's thinking to himself, basically about how rotten he feels uh, and how he doesn't need a drink. He's not going to drink the beer that he bought. Um, yeah, the last thing he right now is a drink, he says. Yeah, and just basically kind of thinking about thinking about the fact that he's he's dying and how he's going to see his friend Brendan Finn, who he hasn't seen in, in years, I guess. Yeah, Brendan is an old friend, and apparently he's an Irish sorcerer of some kind. John comments something along the lines of, of Brendan likes to live in an isolated place because that way he can not bother anybody with his spells and not be bothered while he's drinking. <laughs> right. And uh, and he's hoping that this guy has some magic that's better than chemotherapy. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I want right. to mention that this is an island called, I had to look up the pronunciation here, Dunlara. Okay, Dunlara. All right. And uh, and so he hitches a ride to Brendan's place, which is this beautiful old abandoned lighthouse. And I really like the drawing of this lighthouse. It's quite uh, quite memorable with the ivy coming up the side. Yeah, I thought the design of the lighthouse, that was one of my favorite panels, too, is when he uh, arrives at the lighthouse. That's just really cool looking. Yeah, it's a really eye-catching place. So he shows up, and, uh, and Brendan Finn arrives at the door, and right away suggests that the two of them have a drink together. Yeah, John wants to get right down to business, and Brendan wants to catch up over a drink. So he comes in, and immediately one of the things that happens is they start a little bit of foreshadowing when Constantine mentions how great his liquor collection is. Brendan's liquor collection? Yeah. Yeah. Brendan says he's got a, he's got a fairly magnificent liquor cabinet, but he says the best stuff is hidden around the house. Yeah, I, I thought yeah, I thought that was interesting too. So they t- start talking, and we come to a, another point where I think it would probably be better to have read the preceding issues instead of jumping in at number forty-one, because they start talking about how their lives have been going, and Constantine mentions some dead friends of his, Emma and Richie and Gary. Yeah. Yeah, and Brendan and, hasn't seen John so long that he remembers Emma as being John's current girlfriend, and that's apparently a long time gone. Yeah, and he also calls her Anna. Oh, that, that's right. He doesn't remember the name. Yeah. 
Right. Brendan had a girlfriend who ran out on him because because he was drinking too much. Yeah, and I'm fond of John's monologue as far as Brendan's lover, Kit, that she's the only one of his friends, significant others, who doesn't blame him for getting him into danger. Yeah, it's true. Constantine has a a monologue at this part about how he about how he really likes being around the two of them, and he it, he has some strong feelings about Brendan's ex, and they don't at this point seem to be romantic, but he just he just really enjoyed when Brendan was with her, and he enjoyed being with the two of them. Yeah, I think he he enjoyed being around some people that um that didn't sort of resent him for his mad, bad, and dangerous lifestyle. Yeah, and. There's another bit that I liked here. Uh, I remember raven black hair that shone in the moonlight, green eyes you could drown in, skin like snow, Miss Ireland. And that Miss Ireland, him referring to her as Miss Ireland comes back later, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, later in this story arc? Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's a neat little visual thing here, because Brendan says that he has gotten rid of everything in the apartment that would remind him, that would remind him of Kit. And while he's saying this, John has picked up a framed picture of Kit that was sitting on a on a cabinet. Right. Yeah. Let's see. So then he takes uh, he takes John down to his wine cellar, and again, it just continues to kind of slowly show us what an incredible collection of of liquor this guy has. And he says that he has great wine from all over the world. And and Constantine ribs him a little bit about about how all this is bad for his liver. So his yeah, I like of- that. It's a nice bit of foreshadowing, but it's also nice to see that John's character is affected a little bit by what he's going through, that he's immediately pointing out this is this is a dangerous habit to have. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. I didn't think about it that way. But, yeah, he's like, oh, man, I smoked way too much, and this is the first time that I've thought about uh, how you're drinking way too much, and it's a bad thing. Yeah. So, and he calls the wine bloody bottled sunshine. <laughs> yes. So right here between pages eight and nine is where in, in my copy that I'm looking at, there's a terrific ad for the movie The Rocketeer. <laughs> this is about 1990, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it really puts, really puts this in its place in time, but it's just, it's just a really good looking ad. And maybe we should post a picture of it depending on how we end up doing our web presence for this podcast. Yeah. If this episode even ever goes up. It's really interesting to think, too, about, like, just Constantine's habit of just, like, bumming around the British Isles and hanging out with whatever people he meets. To what extent does this kind of this kind of lifestyle and this kind of subculture vanish as, you know, as cell phones and interconnectedness become much more of a thing? Yeah, that's true. So I'm a little worried about, like, glossing over stuff. I feel like I have to kind of talk about every single page, which which obviously mm-hmm. won't work great when we're trying to cover multiple issues. Like, if we're covering the whole story arcs in an episode, that'll be a problem trying to recap every page. But no, I don't think a lot happens on page nine, but I do know that Brendan says something about how the pub or drinking is better than church, which comes back later. Yeah, I also want to call out on this page. I... <laughs> I don't want to talk about every page of every story, but the the density of dialogue is really nice in this book. <laughs> Brendan and Constantine talk a little bit about adventures they used to get into, and Constantine mentions the haunted amplifier at the Pistols gig. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I want to read that. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Malcolm McLaren. Apparently, they convinced Malcolm McLaren to let them exercise it, which, yeah, it sounds really great. Um, yeah. But as they're talking, he's leading him down down a trap door to a hidden room underneath the watchtower, and we get this great two-thirds of a page panel of this shrine of holy water uh, underneath the lighthouse that was apparently blessed by St. Patrick. That's right. Apparently visited by St. Patrick, and there is a small pool of holy water in the center of this shrine. I also want to point out that Brendan apparently discovered this cave under the lighthouse when he got so drunk once that he fell through the floor. Oh, is that what he says? I think so. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Through the bloody floor. If you, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty fucking incredible. <laughs> Dude, he's saying you can't pull off the floor. Well, he pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah, he fell off the floor. That's This guy's drinking is He takes it to, like, at levels of being an extreme sport. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they come into this shrine uh, where they've got this pool of holy water, and Brendan's got a little minor sorcery set up. Uh-huh. Yes. He's got this, yeah. he's got this little table uh, with a pentagram and, and five candles. And John notes uh, from his experience, this is a changing spell and will end when the candles go out. Yeah. And apparently it has to be holy water for him to be able to transform it into magic stout, which is what he does. So, so yeah. So and he says, Jesus changed it into wine, but I have all the wine I could ever want. And we are in Ireland after all. So he pulls two cups of stout and, uh, yeah, two perfect black and hands. Yeah, and I really like this because this this narration by Constantine is so good. Like it makes me want to. It makes me want to drink a beer. Um, he says, <laughs> "Perfect. It's perfect. The black and the white are parted by a razor slash of pure genius, and the whole thing slides down like cream, sharp and smooth and liquid symphony as the taste rolls over the back of my throat. Feels like heaven." Yeah, that's a great bit. I think the writing and the art are really working together here to sell that this is just amazingly delicious beer. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> they really have these, this look of kind of being like lost in lost in the taste of this beer that they're drinking. So they have seven or eight pints, five or six for twenty-four. <laughs> yeah, and and so Constantine finally decides to come clean uh, about the reason that he's come which is that he was hoping Brendan would know a spell to get rid of his lung cancer. And Brendan pretty much laughs in his face at this, because it turns and out that Brendan was hoping John could do the same for him. Right, and and neither of them can neither of them can do anything. Neither of them knows any magic to cure cancer or fried livers. Oh, I, I like that, too. We, we pass right over it, but Brendan also now tells John that he is dying. That's right. His liver has failed, and he apparently doesn't expect to live through the night. Yeah, he says, John old son, and I love when they call, I love when John or anybody else calls somebody old son. <laughs> That's just such a weird, weird phrase. And he says, I was going to ask the same thing of you. I'm dying, mate. The liver's tacking up on me. Probably tonight. And I really like that probably tonight. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's, he's certainly on top of his condition. <laughs> yeah, so they have a couple more pints and get happily drunk. All we can do now is get rad arsed and to hell with a lot of it. I'm dying. Brendan's dying. I can't help him. He can't help me. And God help both of us if he can be bothered. 
and says, excuse me, I'm pissed and I'm happy and I'm with my mate. Thanks, buddy Christ. Yeah. So basically, Brendan just lays down to die at this point. Yeah. He has uh, John have one more fight and he sits down, tells John to let himself out. Yeah. And, and I, I, I want to keep this out. They clasp hands, and Brendan says, "See you soon." So they right. know they know they're both going. You know, they're both going to hell. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that's true. Not just that they'll both be dead soon, but that they're both they're both hell bound. And there's a nice panel on uh, on page fourteen of the two of them tilting back their last drink together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Constantine climbs out of the uh, climbs out of the shrine up through the trap door, and he's headed out of the lighthouse, although God knows where he intends to go in his state. But apparently... <laughs> so <laughs> this point, actually, he gets the ride to the lighthouse, and now he's totally blitzed. So I don't know what he's going to do to get out of here. Yeah, I, I don't know where he's planning to go. But apparently Brendan has already died, because as he's as he's walking up through through Brendan's place, when he makes it to the front door, there stands... Um, in the form of a dark, well-dressed, handsome man with slicked-back hair, Satan himself. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is, this I is the first of the. This is the drawing of the Like this could not be anybody else. Yeah, yeah, they draw it so well that you know who it is without without them having to tell you. But this is the first of the fallen, who is a long-running Hellblazer villain, and this is his first appearance. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yep. Um, maybe you know a little bit more mythology here so you can clear something up. Because I've been thinking of him as Lucifer because in Sandman he is Lucifer. So is this not the same Satan? I don't know my Sandman well enough to answer that question. But Okay. That's something that there are my context. You have more episodes, I suppose. Yeah. But there are three Lords of Hell. Um, the okay. first, the second, and the third. And this is the first. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so so maybe he's the same Lucifer from um, Sandman, maybe not. Is this a character, does the first of the Fallen have some history with John before this story arc? Uh, no, like I said, this is his first appearance. Okay. Um, so he knows about only. Right, and he knows John's father, apparently. Yeah, that's something that he brings up. Yeah, he, he you know, sort of, just to be an asshole, mentions, uh, I know your father because he's in hell for hating you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And he tells Constantine that he's here for Brendan Finn's soul. And this is where that foreshadowing that we were talking about pays off, because apparently Brendan traded his soul for the, the power and the opportunity to accumulate the finest collection of drink in the world. <laughs> Yeah, which I guess he knew what he was going in for. Uh, but there's a caveat in this agreement that the first has to personally collect Brendan's soul, and he has to do it by midnight on the day of his death, which, uh, John points out, is now five minutes away. Right. So I guess he picked a good time to die. Yeah, well, maybe he maybe he chose to drink himself to death at this particular time. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I, he probably drinks all day, but I guess a lot of people don't probably drink themselves to death first thing in the morning. Yeah. But the devil kind of made himself a bit of a bad deal there because uh, he could leave a very – he's left a very narrow window. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And if if he had killed himself in a more specific way, he could have ensured that his window was very small. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. He doesn't have to drink himself to death. He could just 
he could he could like shoot himself in the head right before the tr- the stroke of midnight if he wanted to. Yeah. But anyway, the Lucifer is a real dick. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> <laughs> as you would expect. And uh, he tells John that that he's here for his friend's soul. And at first he insults John's father. He tells him that his father's in hell. And then he insults his dead friend, right, while as they're standing over the body of the dead friend, and he calls him a, a pathetic drunkard. Yeah, I want to I call this out here. I imagine he thought himself a great man indeed to bargain with the devil. That appealed to, and I indulged him, if only to sweeten the deal. I'm sure he dreamed of somehow outsmarting me. Many mortals think that way, as I'm sure you're aware, but they don't outsmart me, and I'll tell you why. They're mortal, and to be mortal is to be stupid, proud, conceited, and ultimately pathetic. And then he says, and there's nothing more pathetic than a drunkard. Yeah. So Constantine is like, you're a real fucker. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't, listeners, he does not say that. Um, but, uh, but he does think to himself, oh no, he's already, he's already made this decision. This is before. He makes this decision after the devil tells him about his father and before they even start talking about Brendan. He says, you're not getting away with this, you smug bastard. One way or another, you got my friends and you got my dad, but not Brendan, not this one. This one deserves to get away, and he will. Drunk as I am, I'll see to it. They'll be sorry you pissed yeah. me about, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, so Constantine finds the devil to be not just evil, but also a prick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Much like Constantine himself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> not just evil, but a prick. <laughs> <laughs> He's a nicer guy than the devil, anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, John has a suggestion here. For the devil. He offers him a pint of the magic stout, jokes that he always wanted to drink with the devil, uh, and that now that he's put Brendan's whole life of drinking into the shade. Yeah, I think that's how he sort of tempts the devil into doing it, is because the devil is so, like, down on Brendan right now that Hellblazer sort of treats this as, like, one last twist of the knife. Like, I'm going to eclipse his whole drinking career here. Yeah. And the devil says... Well, you're a real son of a bitch. You do deserve to drink with the devil. And so uh, and so he accepts a glass of this very, very delicious magic stout. And they, they down the pints of magic stout. Yeah, and, and no sooner have, no sooner have they, they wiped their mouths than Constantine is like, yeah, yeah, there's a, those candles over there. What stops it from turning back into holy water? There's a couple of great facial expressions here on this page. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes, there no, are. No, no, as the devil realizes what has just happened, that John's grin as he as he reveals it. So then, on the next page, John kicks over the table. Right, he kicks over the table, which turns the uh, magic stout back into holy water, which starts burning the devil from the inside. And then he grabs a bottle of wine and bashes it open and shoves it into the devil's face. I believe in the UK they call that glassing someone. Oh, is that what that means? Okay. Good year in 2020, John says, and the uh, the devil explodes pretty impressively. <laughs> yeah, and, and these pages, 21 and 22, have this great sense of, like, a, a, a this great sort of satisfying bar brawl action kind of feel to them. And even though uh, it's, yeah. not really a, it's not really a brawl, it's pretty one-sided. Constantine is just, <laughs> is just whooping the first of the fallen here. Yeah, that's something I hadn't thought of, but it's a good point. If he kicks, first he kicks over the table, and then he's got the uh, the beer bottle. So it's a very Barbara aesthetic, even. 
even though it's not much of a fight. Yeah, and he um, he kicks him, and I did not notice this on the first reading. Um, I didn't re- notice this until the second time through or earlier, uh, just a little while ago. But he actually kicks him into the pool of holy water. Yeah, basically dissolves him. There's a nice panel of the devil's blood floating on top of the holy water on the next page. Right. And so he's satisfied that he's saved his friend, but he's also, as as Constantine often is, he's sort of like, what the hell did I just do at this point? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's that's fair. Um, and there's a great bit of dialogue on page 24. He's talking about how he's, he's going to die imminently, and he's offended the devil personally, and so now he'll be waiting for him. And he says, before I didn't want to die, now I don't dare. Yeah. So uh, so Brendan gets to go to heaven. It was part of their deal that since the devil couldn't pick him up personally, the, the deal is voided and he goes to heaven. Right. But John, is, John now really has to get serious about not dying. Yeah, and it's it's a great setup for, you know, I, it's a great individual issue, but it's a great setup for what's coming in the rest of the Dangerous Habits story arc. Which is, I suppose, his master plan to not die. Well, yeah, his desperation to not die and the first of the fall is desperation to have him. Did you read only these two issues so far? Yeah, I'm only caught up to this point. Okay, did you uh, did you read the whole rest of the book up to this point? Yeah, I read the five or six uh, Delano issues at the beginning of this trade. I see, I see. Awesome. So I hear that issue 40 is very good, but I haven't read it. Yeah, that's a famous one, but very strange. Okay. Golden Child Art, which is worth reading. We'll have to, we'll have to, you know, that's coming. That's coming in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, John's got um, a good line. I, it's in, I think it's in 41. He says something like, nobody ever... Nobody ever really thinks about death. Paranoids worry about it without thinking about it. Unless it's imminent, you don't actually think about what it will be like. Yeah. So I thought this i thought this was a really good issue. One of the better comic books I've ever read, I think. Just a great, like, sort of drunken ghost story sort of feel to it. <laughs> yeah, I think that you would know? have been a much, a much better immediate introduction to Constantine and who he is and what his world is like. I think that's the, that issue sells the character instantly. Yeah, it's it's got a very like sort of it seems like the kind of story that gets told in an English pub over a few drinks, you know, about how he how he tricks the devil using nothing but sort of <laughs> uh British bar room <laughs> logic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that's true. The feel of it it's got the feel of an old fable. But particularly a barroom fable. Yeah. So, so that's a that's a lovely issue. Blazer number forty two. I guess it's John Constantine Hellblazer number forty two. Issue two of six of Dangerous Habits. Yeah. So that's a great little standalone issue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Despite not being a standalone at all. <laughs> yeah. But real good. So, okay, this is in episode zero, the test episode of Vertiguys. We are the Vertiguys, and we plan to cover Sandman, Hellblazer, and Preacher alternatingly. And, you know, we'll see what other Vertigo titles we get ourselves into. Next week, we'll be starting the first 
story arc of Sandman. Okay. I don't know if people will hear this, but if you have heard this, thanks so much for listening. Yep. Thanks, everybody.